What really hit me was when they made a sign for me. That really, really meant something. Because I think they sent you a picture before we even got there to meet up with them. And I started to like cry a little bit because all I could think about was when we came up with this concept of Thrive on Life and what we had envisioned this lifestyle brand to mean. And it just like came together in that moment because it said, go Aaron, thrive on or something like that. Thrive on Aaron. Thrive on. Yeah. And I was just like, here we are meeting this family and doing this. And we could have never envisioned that this exact moment would happen. All we had to do is keep reminding ourselves why we started in the first place, because these little moments will keep happening. And that's what it's all about for us. Welcome back to the Thrive on Life podcast. We're CJ and Aaron Finley, lifelong best friends turned husband and wife that started a brand to inspire others to make the most out of the one life we all get to live. We are on a mission to help others in the pursuit of thriving in all areas of life through community, connection, and the sharing of knowledge. This series of the podcast with us as your hosts will feature unfiltered conversations on topics of life, marriage, parenthood, health, wellness, and what we consider the, the art, art of, of thriving. thriving. Let's dive in. What's up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with the recap episode of the Austin Marathon. I'm sitting here with my lovely wife, Erin Finley. It's been four and a half days now since four and a half. Am I to count five and a half? Something like that. It's Thursday night after the Sunday marathon. It's been one week since we sat down and we did our pre-race episode. So if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Tonight, we're going to get into how the race went and how we're feeling post awesome marathon. So I'm going to kick it over to you and allow you to kind of free flow to start this off. (laughs) You've had a hell of a week right after the marathon. So let's just hear what you have to say. Yeah, it feels like we were just sitting here. So the fact that it's behind us feels really good. I said last week that no matter what the outcome was, I would be proud of myself for staying committed and doing it. And that is a feeling I still have almost a week later. I'm just super proud that I finished and really felt strong and good the whole way. Like I did not know what to expect because obviously I'd never run a marathon before. And a lot of what you'll hear if you tell someone you're going to run a marathon and that person has run one, they're just like, oh, you know, like it's all, like you'll you'll have the it's awesome people tell you that or the people that will explain like, oh, like once you hit this mile, you're going to you could hit a wall or you're going to feel this or it's going to be so mentally tough. So I just had kind of a lot of like noise going into it about things that I could potentially experience and I had an intention that morning and then leading up to the race to just let this be my time and kind of block out, you know, whether I was going to feel thirsty or dehydrated or mentally like burnt out or wanting to quit or starting to feel pain somewhere. Like I just blocked all that out and I was just like, let me just enjoy this. Not going to push myself to the max to the point where like I'm gasping for air at the finish line. I don't want that experience. Just want to run and celebrate the fact that I'm doing it. That's exactly what I did. So it was an awesome race. It was 
so incredible. And I feel like the fact that it was in Austin where we've lived for the past seven years through a course that brought back memories of all different parts of the town and the crowd and the energy of all that, it was just so amazing to run through. It's something that it's really hard to describe unless you're a runner and, and have experienced it in some capacity. Um, like there was live music at so many different parts of the race. So many fans like calling your name, even if they're complete strangers. And that just boosts your your morale so much that you're you're going to run faster than you thought. And that's ended, that's what ended up happening for me. Um so I guess I'll recap a little bit about like my performance. I, I said on the last episode that like my goal was to do a sub 3.30 and I knew in the back of my mind that that was something that wasn't going to be too difficult for me to achieve uh, just based on how things were going leading up to it on some long runs and how I was feeling. Um, I, I, thought I could hit that. But I, again, I had never run a marathon before, so I didn't know what to expect or what to experience, what the experience would be like. And I will say like the energy you feel in the first couple of miles is just so strong and, and upbeat that you want to leave it all on the line and, and go fast. But I definitely purposefully held myself back for like the first, first half. So the first like 13 miles, I definitely had a lot more in the tank to give. But if I were to have pushed more, I don't know if I would have held a pretty steady pace the whole way. So I'm most proud of the fact that I was, was pretty consistent with my mileage, my pace, uh, the whole marathon. So I there wasn't a time when I didn't feel strong or didn't feel like I could maintain it. And that's something I feel pretty proud of given I've never done this before. Um, so regardless, I mean, I, I surpassed my goal, finished with 324, qualified for Boston technically, which was an awesome outcome. Um, and I just kind of walked away feeling like I have no ambition right now in my, in this phase of my life to go for like a sub three hour or even like a three fifteen, but I know deep down I can do it. And that is kind of a cool feeling like to just have that realization. It just makes me feel like, okay, I did that and I persevered through that. And now I'm just thinking about how that mindset has helped me show up in so many other areas of my life. I feel like I just rambled, so I want to hear your <laughs> your perspective or your feedback on that. Yeah, I think I'll start with the quote, the separation is in the preparation. I think that going into this marathon, both of us were prepared. And See, I don't feel that, but I'll, I'll let you explain. Feel what? We were very unconventional with our approach to training for this. In what way? You see typical marathon training plans and coaches prescribing super high volume weeks where you'll see for a marathon, it's typical, like 50 is low. 50 miles a week is low. 
Um, what was, say, what's the end goal for most of those people? Finish the marathon. No, not for that high of volume. For a lot. No. Sometimes, okay, I think if you're trying to be on the elite I, end. I think this brings up a great point. You have a facade of what you think people are out there doing. Yes, elite people are putting in max mileage, but they're trying to run three hours, 245, 230. Yes. They also okay. are not, putting in way more them. time when it comes to focusing on that goal. So mm -hmm. when I talk about prepared, what do you think I meant? Given our circumstances and what our goals were, we prepared for that outcome. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But I will say like our approach, I hope inspires other people that they can run a marathon one day if they want to without having to feel like there's only one way of training and that's to resort to only running but tons of miles every day of the week. I, wa I want to <laughs> touch on another reason I said prepared, that you always f seem to fail to remember. How many years have you been running? A this lot. Is, this is not new to you. It's not new. Right. So the amount of compound interest that you've built up, why do, why do you forget that? Why does that just like go out of your mind? It's not. That's something I did. I did think about, but I don't know. There's something about when you take a break from running, it is like starting from zero. So when I took a break during pregnancy and I started running again in postpartum, I it felt like I was coming off an injury. I basically was. I was recovering. And regardless, my endurance was not what it is today. And even what my endurance is today is not what it used to be. Um, but I'm I would disagree. There. Your endurance is better. You were able know. to, the word endurance starts with endure. You were able to endure more now than you were five years, than you were capable of five years ago. Period. Maybe, but at what perform? Like at what but output? That's, that's what I'm talking about. Is like you have these fictitious marks in your head that you feel, rather than taking a step back and really asking yourself, like leading up to this marathon, you almost set your goal to be worse. You're like, I don't know if I could do 3:30, but you didn't even really ask yourself. How much pain have I already been through? How much have I already ran? And when the gun goes off and there's adrenaline and I'm in my element, how am I going to perform? Well, I just look at how you've performed over your entire life. If you want to know how someone's going to perform in the arena, just look at how they've performed in the arena previously. And you've always exceeded the goal that you had set because you set smart goals. So it was interesting going into this one how negative you were. Not ne negative. I don't is not know the if right it's because I set how, smart like, goals or if I set goals that I sometimes. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was but, not negative. But it's something I want to touch on because, like, you're you're you were going alluding to everybody. Yes, everyone out can, can run a marathon and everyone can do those things, but. You earned a 324 not with the preparation of of the last 16 weeks leading up to this marathon. You earned 
the 324 over the past decade. Okay. You can't forget that. Now the beauty is like, what's the next, what's the forward decade look like? And when I talk about preparation, everything from how you eat to how you sleep to how you recover to mindset dialed. So when you push back on when I'm saying like we came into this really prepared from 180 degrees, like the night before we went to sleep at freaking 820. So when we woke up at four, we still pretty much had eight hours of sleep. Like we prepared for months leading up to this. And then even the night before we didn't slip. And then even on the day of, in terms of our hydration and things that we were prepared with to eat. And even the day before we went and got clothes at Walmart to make sure <laughs> that we were warm mm -hmm. the morning of, just in case we had to throw away some stuff. That's what it takes to one, hit a goal, like you said, like 324. And then two, the goal for me, which was I didn't want to just push Anna. For those that haven't listened to the previous episode, I went into this marathon wanting to give back. I'm not somebody that considers themselves a runner in the sense of looking to hit certain time goals or looking to go to Boston or do certain races. That's just not my thing. And something I've realized is I'm really competitive. I've always been competitive and I like fitness. I'm fit, but how do I use my body as an outlet to give back to other people that might not be able to do the things that I can do. And that's where the opportunity to work with Ainsley's Angels and push Anna for the 26 miles. She's never done Austin. She's only done Houston marathons and half marathons and 5Ks. And this was the first time she was able to come to Austin and experience this. And I was extremely excited to do that because it was do that for her because it was my first experience as well. But I didn't want to just show up and push her and feel like death the whole whole way and like not be able to enjoy the experience. So in the back of my mind, some of the things I did to prepare, talking about separations in the preparation, a couple weeks ago, we have a Hyrox Run Club on Wednesday night. I brought Aiden and I was really happy that night that they had hill sprints scheduled. And a couple of people would ask me like, do you want to, like, is this you want to sprint with Aiden up these hills? And I was just like, yeah, like this is, this is one of the reasons I'm here is to get better. This makes me better. And I think for those that are listening out there, we don't put ourselves in game day situations enough, I think, in our training, most people. Because when you're alone, it's very tough to get into that mindset and to really push to that level that you're going to feel on the day. And that's why I love things like the Hyrox Run Club and Squatch Rocks and different things that I have been doing, running the ultra with my buddy Jeff, running 33 miles with other people on my birthday. I've put myself 
I put myself leading up to this big day in what I would say fish tanks that forced me to understand the pain that I was going to go through during well, you're like the callousing yourself so that you're just used to it's it's not just training your body to endure it but you're training your mind to be used to that feeling and that brings up an interesting point that I thought about while I was running the race on Sunday which was all of the long runs that I did leading up to this were harder because I was by myself I didn't really have a finish line all I had was this preconceived idea of a number of miles I wanted to hit. I, and it was just me getting it done. And I would listen to podcasts, multiple podcasts. I would listen to an audio book. I would listen to playlists and just you out there, regardless of the weather, regardless of how many times you've seen the same darn trail, like that was harder. The hard thing for me, and this is what looking back, is like the fuel. Like when you're run, when you're doing those run wrong runs alone. Like for me, like I've tried to maintain and have maintained my muscle mass throughout my running journey. And when I run alone, having to like run with the vest on and it's hot and I'm starting to get chafe. Yeah. Versus in the marathon, like people were handing me bananas. I had like water getting handed to me every mile. It was freaking awesome and i think you bring up a great point in that like my my hardest thing that i've done like out like include the ultra include the the relay i did two years ago the 33 <laughs> miles on my birthday was that 20 mile run <laughs> Hot. Yeah. in 80 degrees through throughout austin like and my water was sh like not but it's perspective good right? that day it's like what is hard oh yeah like, i mean when I was thinking about that, I was like, damn, like my water is shitty right now. This is what people in the world have to deal with just on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and that's what I kept reminding myself too. Like those long runs are hard, but it, but again, it's every time it's a new perspective of like, that is the hard that I get to do. Like, and that helps me have more perspective for the hard that people don't have a choice but to endure. So that's part of why I, I was doing this and part of why I run and part of, those reminders help me get and, through life and going even further into the prepare preparation. Cause we were, we've been talking about like the, the physical side of things, but this kind of endurance mentality started with me when I did the Los Angeles to San Diego relay run with Roan. We had to be up at like three 30 in the morning and I had got, I'd flown in the night before so I went to bed at probably like nine. So you're talking like very minimal sleep. And when we do the relay race, like I didn't actually run, I think, until like nine or 10. So we get in this van at like four and then I'm sitting in the van for six hours. And then we didn't finish until 11 p.m. that night. So you're talking all day out there running, doing different things in terms of helping the other people that are running with fluids and food and filming and it was a blast. It, it fundamentally changed my life and like my view of what people are capable of, especially people we didn't even really know each other. We just got in this van and started running from Los Angeles to San Diego. And 
I did pretty well during that because I wanted to do well and I was cramping and it was hot. And it was interesting because when I got into this marathon, I started cramping on mile third, like right. <laughs> it's funny. I know Paige is going to listen to this, but you come up a hill right before people that are doing the half are about to finish and the marathon is about to continue. The people that are doing the half like veer to the right and the people that are doing the marathon go straight and then veer to the left. And when you are doing the marathon, you start veering to the left. Like I started thinking I wanted to meet Paige at the halfway point at 13 because she had mentioned that's where I would see her. But there's no like stopping point. You're just going to keep going. So her and her son come running out onto the course. It was like one of them is something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. They like come running out on the, the course to like ask me if like everything's okay yeah. and we're good to go. And I'm like, yeah, like I feel way better than I thought I was going to feel. I just climbed this like huge hill and I was just like, can you push for one minute so I can just like grab some gels and like chug some water and that'll make my life a lot easier because I had been just trying to manage all of that myself. So they're pushing, but I'm going at like probably one minute per mile slower than I had been because I'm like trying to get the gel open and, and everything. So I'm like cooling off a little bit and we go for a minute or two and then I get back with Anna and pushing that chair and like two minutes later, my quads start cramping up and this is mile 13 of 26 and in my mind, like, it was so interesting because in previous, I call it a previous lifetime of mine, like we've talked about this before where we feel like we've had lived multiple lives, different sections of our lives. That would have caused so much fear and panic in me previously versus this time I had almost mentally prepared for something like that is going to happen. And as soon as it does, I'm not even going to, it's not even going to be a focal point of mine. I'm just yeah, going I to I truly like believe that going. the minute that you, your mind acknowledges it and then starts to spiral into like, okay, therefore I should start to feel slower. And, and like you start to have all these like chain reaction of thoughts based on that initial feeling. That's the minute that that's what happens. So, but if you, choose if if that happens and you choose to be like you know what i'm gonna keep going then your body responds and i mean you have to it's so wild but training helps you realize when you can do that and when you legit need to stop yeah it, it's so wild because in my mind i literally just disregarded it i'm yeah. like i'm just gonna keep running and keep fueling and i know that like this is just gonna go away and believe it or not 10 minutes later it went away and then it would come back in and out like throughout the race especially like going up the hills but it literally would just go away and something that I told myself was this is when the race started like the race didn't start on the starting line the race started the minute that you want to quit or the yeah. minute that something happens that you weren't expecting and it throws you off that's when these races really truly start and I hadn't learned that previously until I started doing some of these things. And that's why I'm very grateful 
for it. But I'd love to dive into like some of the more special moments of that day. So how are you feeling? Like, so we get up real early. We go downtown to meet the Ainsley's Angels crew. You hadn't met any of them before. And I want to know from your point of view, like, what did that mean? Yeah, I feel like we started racing. That helped me have a better race. Like feeling the energy and the love, I'll say, from that group and just the just so much like gratitude and connection and that was just so special to meet them, not just Anna and, and Paige and the family, but everybody else that was there from Ainsley's Angels too. Like, I think even though I wasn't pushing, that just got my mind primed for a good experience because all I could think about was like the good that we were doing for, for them. And it just made it like, okay, no matter what, like this is a positive outcome regardless. And there's no pressure here. Like (laughs) we're all just living and we're giving someone else a chance to feel alive, you know? And I think that that was special to me, like having us both do this together for the first time, but then also having me sort of be a part of that, regardless of the fact that I wasn't pushing really helped my experience also. And then there are several points throughout the race where I just kept reminding myself, like, so much has happened in the last, like, because I said in the beginning, like, it was cool to run through Austin where we've been for the last seven years and so much has happened. And I remember passing UT and I was like, remember when we, like, I had this vision of when I was applying to grad schools and I was like, let's go visit UT. And we had that weekend here in Austin, and I remember taking a picture across from the library and being like, man, it'd be cool if I got in. And then, like, we had that nice weekend when I got, like, the the invitation to attend, like, some... I wasn't quite accepted yet, but I got the invitation to attend, like, a pre-orientation thing, and we had, like, a great weekend at that, staying at the hotel right on campus, and we were like, oh, it'd be really cool to live in Austin, And then we finally get here. And then I had all those memories of like, okay, when we we passed by like the Kirby Lane on Guad, I was like, how many times did we go there? And then we passed by like our old, our first apartment. Remember we, you go down there, down like the Hancock area. And then you go down that hill and up towards the Thrive. And then I thought about like how many different phases we've lit, like phases of life we've had since we've been here and all such good memories. And then I was like, then we freaking had a baby last year and I, and he's at home with my mom and how amazing is that? And here I am running this and I can't believe I'm doing that. So it was just like so many nostalgic memories that kept me going the whole way. And that was really what propelled my mood. And like anytime a good song came on, while I was running past those things. I was like so inspired to just go faster and keep going with, with the smile. It was awesome. I love that. I think something that I had a similar feeling to you with is that you already won before you even started. I think that feeling at 
we met at five thirty in the morning. So we're sitting there at six. It's cold and seeing the crew and just smiling faces and realizing that this is bigger than us. What really hit me was when they made a sign for me. Like I just, I mean, that really, really meant something because I was thinking, I mean, you showed me the picture because I think they sent you a picture before we even got there to meet up with them. And I started to like cry a little bit because all I could think about was when we came up with this concept of Thrive on Life and what we had envisioned this lifestyle brand to mean. And it just like came together in that moment of like, because it said, go Aaron, thrive on or something like that. Thrive on Aaron. Thrive on, yeah. And I was just like that, like here we are meeting this family and doing this and we could have never envisioned that that this exact moment would happen. But like all we had to do is keep reminding ourselves why we started in the first place because these little moments will keep happening. And that's what it's all about for us. And I had that thought come to me during the race too of just like you can't envision the future. Like no matter how much planning you do and how much preparation you want to give to these ideas and what you hope to achieve, like you just don't know. And like I had that experience when I, when I was just saying how I passed by UT and I remember the feeling of like, oh, it'd be nice to go here or oh, it'd be nice to live in Austin. And like we've been living in Austin and I did go there and I did graduate and like I don't know what's next. But like what are those thoughts now for me? And will I look back in 10 years and be like, man, I remember saying like, oh, wouldn't it be nice? Like, so I need to keep having those like little dreams. I think to take it one step further, it's you have to chase that feeling that you felt that morning. Like you have to ask yourself and whoever's listening, you have to ask yourself, where do I get that feeling from? And you have to put a date to it, period. Like that's just the only way to really milk life is to put a date on things. And that's where... What do you mean by that? Like... Life is fucking hard. If you let it, years can go by where you're just doing the day-to-day. You're just going to work. Maybe you're exercising. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're socializing. Maybe you're not. But years can go by so fast. And something that I've really realized, and it hit me when I saw... Uh, Anna has I don't know, like so many medals on her wall and in my mind when I saw that I reflected on my own life and the medals and the different days and what I got from those days was always great it was always good every time that I signed up to like and the medal is just a representation. Like you don't have to like hit a podium or do whatever. It's just like showing up to do some, to do something that you're passionate about. The medal is just almost a marker that you did do that. And she had them across her wall. So that's 
all the early nights and early mornings and long days and things that you have to earn was like right in front of her is like right there. And I used to have so much of it in my life with sports because every weekend, like you had to, you had to prepare and you had to earn. And I think as an adult, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, especially like men, we like lose that. We, we lose touch with that because the, the goal quote unquote then becomes like earn and provide and like do your job and shut the fuck up and just do what you need to do. But that's not where all the goodness is like, and a couple years ago, starting these different races and different things that we started doing, like I really started to understand the meaning of them. And I don't think it came full circle until the past couple weeks with meeting Paige, Anna, Sean, the rest of the Ainsley's Angels crew, because that opens the door for other people to realize that you can win in so many different ways. And I just did air quotes with win. And what I mean by that is if you're somebody that shows up to just push or support or cheer or hand out waters at one of these races, like if you're just anybody affiliated on that day that puts forth the effort and shows up, you are winning. Yeah. And one thing, one thing I wanted to say as again, another thought that came to me as I like watched so many people out there running is there will be people that would question, why would you run? Why would you want to run a marathon? Or why would you want to run a half marathon? And then I see all these people out here doing it. And I think all these people would agree. It's like, well, why not? And I don't think anybody who finishes a race of any type comes out on the other side as a worse person when they started. Like there's something about it that just makes you different. It it adds, like you're saying with Anna and the, and the medals, like every race adds an element to who you are because it, the, the process of training for it and the process of enduring it does something. And it's I agree. And where I want to take it a step further is you mentioned like the music that was everywhere. Like what I saw was that you don't even have to race to yeah. have that level of an impact. Yeah, That's but what so I'm I trying didn't really to, race. Like I, I wasn't like. No, no. I race. mean like. Oh, like, you could be a spectator. Like yeah. and how many people were like literally almost like doing fitness to try and hand you a water. Or like so happy on the sidelines to just like have you touch their sign because maybe that would make you go a little bit faster. And they were probably out there for hours. It's contagious energy. They literally were cold and out there on Saturday morning. That's more impressive to me sometimes. I'm like, wow, they like woke up early standing there in the cold. They're probably more cold than we are running. (laughs) And all they want to do is like make someone smile with their sign 
and have them have a good day. And that like, that's giving back too. One of my, one of my favorite moments of the race was it was on the East side and it was this dad with two little kids, a girl and a boy. And the girl and the boy were high-fiving everybody coming by and they were like so happy to do this. And it was on the left side of the road and I was on the right side. So like, it's a little tough for me to like, I can't just like skirt and I have to like slowly go across the road and they could see me making their way towards me. And the, the, it was such a precious moment. Like I was probably like 25 yards from them and I could see that they started knowing that like I was coming towards them to high five them and they were just beaming and the, I gave the the little boy and the little girl a high five and the dad like just went ballistic. It was so awesome. Um, and it just like, it was such a touching moment for me as we're growing our family, like those little kids seeing not only runners, but like seeing someone like Anna and the relationship her and I had during that race to make it happen people will never forget that. And that's something that was also apparent when I was on the course because I almost didn't expect how many people were going to come up to us. It was, it was literally multiple people per mile that would say something or come up and ask about other runners or about me. Yeah. Other runners. And it, I almost didn't know what to say. It was like I was taken aback because I didn't I didn't expect that much, um, and I'm that's something that I'm still processing because, like, the thing that's that was hard on me is they're obviously giving me the spotlight and I didn't like that, really, because mm-hmm. the, they're focused on me doing the push and they're like, damn, they're out there on the course thinking about, wait, he's running. Almost, he's basically running faster than me because a lot of people I'd run by and he's pushing somebody. And so they would come up to me and say something. And one of the things that I wish that I could like convey while I'm running out on the course is just like this the person, like this is her. Like she is making me run faster. Like I understood if you watch the Dick and Rick, Rick Hoyt documentary on youtube when the father who pushes the son was saying like i don't think i could run as fast alone alone this race made me feel especially around the hills made me feel that because every time even when my quads got hurt every time like i don't have an option to think oh i'm gonna slow down or oh i'm gonna quit my default is like this isn't for me so i'm Mm -hmm. just gonna go until i can't go anymore and it's something that I can't describe when I'm obviously running on the course and somebody random person comes up to me. Um, but what I would well, do, what I would do. you can let yourself down. Like if you're running by yourself, it's like the person on the other end is yourself. So do you want to let yourself down? Sure. Like go ahead if that's what you want to do. But you weren't going to. Yeah, I don't want to let her down. Yeah. And then so what I started doing is when people were coming up, instead of because I wanted to be friendly and positive, I would just be like, this is Anna, like, and like almost introduce conversation. Um, And one of the conversations that I'll remember forever as well 
is a guy out there who said that his what inspired him to start getting in shape and to like run in this marathon was one of his children um, had some complications and he like looked at himself and was like, I want to be better. And like that led to that. So we had this like back and forth conversation probably for like three minutes. Um, and obviously we have a young son, so that, that really hit home. But these were some of the things that were going on throughout the race. And it's something that, again, you can't get anywhere else. It's one of those things that just leaves a profound mark on you forever. Yeah, I can imagine. Now the flip side of that, that I haven't talked about yet, I don't even, I haven't even mentioned it to you is I have an addictive personality. I love adrenaline. I am the type of person that seeks adventure and loves doing things like I did during that marathon and, and giving back. Everyday life becomes tougher because I can't get that feeling. Yeah, it's and, called the, yeah, yeah. I understand. And, well, a similar feeling is like they call it the post-marathon blues. But I think what you're saying is like a step further, which is like how do you, like for you it wasn't about the marathon. You know, for a lot of people it's like they're so focused on the marathon and this goal of finishing the marathon you had a different objective and meaning behind doing this, but it is a real feeling to have that event pass and then be like, okay, now what's the purpose? Like what, how do I recreate that? And for me, what I described in our last episode was it was a feeling of peace that this training brought me. And I, I mean, it's only been four days, but knowing that there's not anything else on the horizon and I have some like flexibility to be open with what I do now, that hasn't mean that doesn't mean I don't have a million things to do, but I can I feel like how that lack of peace creeps back in and um you crave some form of outlet so that you can chase something like that yeah and this one is just so tough because it's such an a new like it's not new because i always like i i give back in little ways all the time um it's a new feeling because i did have to push so hard like i i had to be the best i could be to get the result for us and one that's just not sustainable in everyday life you can't do that <laughs> um, I can't be running marathon I mean I could there's people that do it but it's just like yeah that's not my goal in life right so you, you take a step back and you ask yourself I think for me it's where am I meant to go I think that creates an it creates anxiety because there's ambiguity around it and you were mentioning it earlier in this episode where we had no idea that that moment would be like what thrive on life is we didn't know but we did know at the same time when we started it we knew we wanted 
feelings like this and and experiences like this but we didn't know we'd live in austin we didn't know that we'd meet Paige and anna and this would be a thing we had no clue we had no idea and that's what brings me peace knowing that all i have to do is just keep being me and we can get close to wrapping up here the way that i continue to do that is again putting things on the calendar and that's where tomorrow I fly out to high rocks and this is going to be a different race for me than in the past I've done you know I think this is my 13th one I can't even count anymore but when I'm in that arena it's going to be a different me than previous times and it is every time just like you were mentioning every every little thing that you do always adds up but Putting this on the calendar right after doing the marathon and before the marathon, I did the half. I spoke about this on my Instagram stories about if you want to, if you want to go from good to great, start stacking difficult things in a more frequent manner. You can do it. And that comes directly from Anna's chair that says, yes, you can. And I think for a couple years now, I've teetered on what I'm capable of. And this year I wanted to come in and really push the throttle on that potential. And I'm only, we're, we're about to wrap up two months and the amount of things that I've done to push the gears mentally, physically, and spiritually in my life These first well, two months I, would have been like. I think Jesse Isler says it the best. whole year. Like, think about a couple years ago. What's your life resume? Like, you should have a. It's not just about like your career resume, but you need a life resume. Like, what story do you want to tell? And I think that what you're describing is you're asking yourself internally that question of like, how do I live every day such that at the end of my life I'll have a story to tell, and not every day can be the big event where you get these feelings, but there can be little things you do every day that lead up to the next big thing or that give you some sense of fulfillment that you're living in such a way that your principles are met and that you're on the path to doing what you know would be a fulfilling life. Yeah. It's, it's leaving things up to chance, but also going after opportunity to create those chances. Yeah. That's like, you that's, can't sit on, you can't sit around and hope that opportunities and experiences happen. With that being said, but two questions for you. Okay, before we wrap. Go ahead. So I have to ask, we don't have to wrap. We can keep going. It's up to you. Because you mentioned High Rocks and because we talked about it on our last episode, I have to know your perspective. I have my perspective. What is harder? We can uh, we could say men's pro single High Rocks race or marathon. I would say a marathon that you push yourself to the absolute max. I would agree. Is would going agree to be harder than 
a high rocks if you push yourself to the absolute max. One of the reasons I I believe that isn't even because it would just take longer, but your body would give out in high rocks sooner than I think it would in a marathon. Um, a marathon, you're going to get 17, 18, 19 miles in, and then you might start cramping and stuff just goes downhill. But at high rocks, like you could be pushing full throttle and then get smacked in the face with something. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I was going to say gonna the same done, thing, but it's like, high rocks is for sure harder if you're not trying to PR a marathon. Like, it, it's interesting because I'm not going into this high rocks race like trying to get yeah. a crazy time. Uh-huh. But I, I think if I had to put high rocks next to me pushing at the marathon, the thing at the marathon that's harder to me is like we had to be up so early. No, for <laughs> like, me, the marathon's so much more enjoyable because I'm like listening to music. I'm looking around. I'm, I'm in my head like thinking about all kinds of things. At high rocks, I'm just like, Am I gonna be able to breathe for the next minute? Like, I might pass out on this. On the I guess, like, that's jumps. the thing, though. We've never done one. We've never. You don't. You can't go into a high rocks and like half ass. But you can go into yeah, a marathon just, or a half and just like the fun runs, right? Well, I kind of. Yeah. I don't know if you can necessarily do a, a fun high rocks. So that'll be interesting. I, I'll I'll get back to you on that one after this weekend because I'm I'm really going in. This yeah, is just a training. This is like a training one for me. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if my, like, I'm looking to see when my competitive gear kicks in, like based on how I'm feeling. Um, but you had another question. Yeah. My other question was, would you ever do another marathon? <sighs> I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. Like, I. Okay. I 100% if Anna is up for it <laughs> and barring Let's everything, everyone's healthy and um, I would want to do Austin again. Um, the reason being is like this time I almost, I know what to expect. So I, I feel like I can make it even more enjoyable the next time around because I do know what to expect and we can get, I think more people to give back the next Mm -hmm. time around. If I do that, the other thing about marathons, like you said, Houston's like, if I'm doing these things again, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I want to go somewhere I've never been. I want to see things I've never seen. I want to be invigorated when I'm doing them. And I sent you Vancouver. It, it, It would be cool to run a marathon in Hawaii like there's certain places that I think I'd be keen on doing it, but you're never going to find me striving to hit a certain time at a marathon, like solo. I, I wanted to do sub four with Anna, but running solo, I have no, maybe that changes as we get older, but like maybe when I'm older, I'll, I'll just qualify for Boston just for the hell of it. But um, I have no no goal of ever really chasing that. I definitely foresee us doing a lot more halves and mm-hmm. like 
10 K so type stuff, especially manageable, especially as our kids get involved. It's like, I, I love the environment, but yeah. four hours, three hours, four hours, waking up really early. Like it's a long day. And if you can get the feeling and yeah. maximize your day at the same time, which I think in half. Well, the other thing about the half is like do. the training for a half is much more realistic for our lifestyle. Yeah. I think the easiest way to look at it is I, I want to push somebody in a marathon. I think every year, I think that's like an easy goal. You talked about Jesse. It's sort of like, what is, what are the staples in my life? I want to push someone every year. And then I definitely want to do a couple halves and, and, local fun runs and things like that on top of the things that I already do. So that's definitely going to be something that, again, the cool thing about life is you said, if you asked me this years ago, like I would be like, I'm never running a marathon, let alone pushing somebody in a marathon. So anything else you want to touch on? No. Any final questions for me? I think we covered most of it. If you listen to this and you have any specific questions, please reach out to us. Aaron is extremely humble, but this girl is a freaking rock star. So if you want to run a marathon and do fairly well at the marathon and you're also managing a job, maybe you have an infant like we do, or maybe you just have a lot going on, but you still have this goal, she is the person to talk to. If there's anybody out there that is listening to this and you'd love to get involved with Ainsley's Angels or other organizations like that, or maybe you have an organization I can get involved with, please connect with us. I want to just say thank you again to Anna and her family. My life moving forward is going to be different because of the past couple of weeks. And Aaron brought up the sign that they made for us. Like that just shows the type of people that they are. Like they already had to put in the extra effort to drive out to Austin and make it happen. But they took the time to make our day and uh, Paige got Aaron a little gift as well. And that just, it goes to show the type of people that they are and the, the type of people that there are in the world. And I think that's where I want to end here today is there's so much going on in the world like there's great people out there and I want to bring more belief in humanity and lead in that way. And the only way that we can continue to make this world a better place is individually, really at the end of the day. If you can become a better individual and then bring that into your home and spread that around that then spreads to your neighborhood, which then spreads to your community, which then spreads to your city, which then spreads to your state and beyond that. And it starts with just, again, showing up in little ways like we were talking at a marathon where you don't even have to freaking run in it. Like make a sign, show up, cheer people on. Your day is going to be better and your week is going to be better and your month and your year and your life is going to be better if you do that. Please share this episode if you enjoyed it. Give us that five-star rating or review. It would be super helpful. We love you. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast with his wife, Erin. We'll talk to you next time. Thrive on. 
What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.